Welcome to Granite State Divide, the podcast that brings politics and community together to educate and foster common ground. My name is Kathy Rago, and this is Granite State Divide. Let's get started. Welcome to the Granite State Divide. On today's program, we welcome Karen Testerman, who is running for governor of New Hampshire. So, Karen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Kathy, for having me again. Uh, You're welcome. It's great to have you on. I wanted to know if you could share a little bit, because people don't, you have name recognition in the state, but a lot of people still don't know you that well. So could you give us a little bit about your background, your family background, your educational background, that sort of thing? So I grew up in California, and um, my parents were both um, accountants. We were uh, living in Fresno, then we moved to Visalia and Tulare, anyway, in San Joaquin Valley, and I met my husband at junior college. Uh, we, uh, he went into the military from there, and we uh, traveled around waiting to see if it was going to be a career or not, and we decided it was uh, sufficiently providing for us, and um, I'm a certified educator. Uh, I taught everything from preschool all the way up into vocational schools. I've taught um, um, physio- anatomy and physiology, I almost forgot what it was, as well as math courses. And um, uh, we have come to New Hampshire because we fell in love with it when we got to uh, our, our, one of our first assignments, which was in New England. Uh, then. Uh, my parents actually uh, were second-generation Japanese. My grandparents came over from Japan in the late 1800s. And uh, interestingly enough, they weren't allowed to uh, become naturalized citizens until the 1950s. And the backstory on that was is that at some point, the, led, or the government decided that there were too many Asians coming into the country, so they put an actual... Uh, moratorium on that, which is something that the immigration should be able to do. And but uh, during that time, of course, we had uh, Pearl Harbor. And when Pearl Harbor happened, then the government got afraid of what the people on the West Coast might be doing in Hawaii, uh, that they might be actually. Um, sympathetic to their home country and so they decided that they would put them into camps and and they robbed them actually of their own of their property their their homes and anything and they displaced them into these concentration camps Um, my uh, uncle who happened to be living on the west coast was uh, actually, his family was taken to the concentration camps. He was 16 at the time, and he decided that he really wanted, he was born here in the uh, in America, he loved America. The um, first generation was assimilating. They didn't even teach their children, in many cases, their native language, uh, because we were now in the United States of America. And so, um, at any rate, he, did, he went through all kinds of gyrations to be able to be in the military, and so he went into the 442nd um, Regimental Combat Team, as my father did. Uh, it turns out that they didn't meet there. They met uh, afterwards when they were in the reserves in California, but 
uh, he went in, served his time, and when he when the war was over, there were still people who were still staying in these concentration camps, and um, they so he went home. He went back to the concentration camp to be with his family. Uh, other members didn't do that. They went. Uh, they were just relocated in other places in the United States. So you know, it was a um, a sad time in America when we really isolated and violated the constitutional rights of of all of the people, uh, especially those people who were born here. Second generations were actually American citizens, and that they were collectively put into these camps. So that that goes to the fact, to me, why you're such a strong constitutionalist. I mean, you've had actually family history where you've actually experienced what happens when we have a leader who does not follow the Constitution. Um, so that's that's interesting. It is because, you know, the other part of that is, Kathy, is that's why I'm so vehemently opposed to this critical race theory because all it does is want to divide people. And divided we fall and united we stand. So we right. really need to be working together as Americans. Right. Agreed. So, you know, what they say, hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back, you know, you look at the different COVID responses. Like I can look at New Hampshire compared to Florida or even uh, Michigan or any of those other <coughs> states compared to Florida. Um, what would you have done differently? I would have done exactly what Christy Nome did in, in South Dakota. Christy Nome consulted with her attorneys and said, what can I do? She consulted with the constitutionalists and said, what, can, what does it allow me to do? And basically, when you do that and you look at the Constitution of the state of New Hampshire, we don't have the right as a government to actually issue any uh, executive orders that apply to the whole state. Our executive orders only apply to the uh, State Department. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And so when mandates came out, that's also a violation of our rights. And asking us, are you masked? Are you vaccinated? All, all of these questions are a violation of our right to privacy, which we passed in 2018. So, you know, it, it, the actual response should have been here's what we know here's what we've been told and by the way would you, it's up to you you know exactly what's best for your family your situation your body and right. you should be allowed to make that decision on your own right uh, good okay so as governor you know you just the legislature makes the laws the governor's the executive branch so as governor you would have to work with the legislature. Um, what would you do um, to go about the business of working with them to get your agenda um, passed, I guess would be the best way to say it. So my agenda is basically, when I, want, I want us to get back to the original intent, which was that the uh, government was really supposed to be protecting the rights of the people and with the consent of the people. So I would be talking to the, using the bully pulpit to talk to the people as well, but also asking the legislature before they presented any bill, uh, and any bill that actually would come to my desk, one of the very first questions is, does the Constitution allow this? And if it's, um, if it's allowed by the Constitution and you get to the next step, is this something that is better done by private business? 
And if it is, then why are we as government stepping in to a place where the where uh, private business should be overtaking? A prime example would be like Gunstock uh, and uh, Cannon Mountain and Seabrook, or not Seabrook, but um, what's the name of the other um, ski slope over here that's in a private, it's in a public-private. McIntyre? Uh, no, the, oh, the, there's a lake over there. Anyway, over by Newport and that area. Sunapee. Sunapee, right. Those are areas where government really shouldn't be involved in, in conducting business. You know, I even question the validity of the uh, state liquor stores because I, I, while it is a place where we can get revenue, on the other hand, is that really the role of government to be in bis private business? Yeah, good point. So my other question is, um, we heard from Cornerstone Research Policy was very upset with Governor Sununu because he, um, a couple of years ago, um, basically told them and his constituents that he would, um, I don't remember if it was the, it's the buffer zone law yeah. that he basically reversed course on and vetoed it when it came through um, his desk. Correct. Um, can you tap into a little bit about that? What sure. Happened? He actually signed a letter. He wrote a letter to Ovid LaMontagne who had been negotiating with him about five different places where he would uh, go along with the pro-life community. Now, he is always, when he was ex executive counselor, he always used taxpayer money to fund the uh, Planned Parenthood and other abortion-providing uh, organizations under the guise of plan, uh, family planning. And, he, and one of the things that he actually did in this was to uh, say that he would pass a law, he would sign a law that would remove the buffer zone that was put forth. Uh, I question the constitutionality of the buffer zone because it's restricting public sidewalks from the access of, of people on a public uh, byway. And if they're not causing a problem, then they should be still be allowed to have access. So what happened was the legislature did go, in fact, pass the law to remove the buffer zone and the governor um, flip-flopped on it and vetoed it. Interesting. So one of the things I want to get, I want to go back to for a second because I forgot to ask you earlier is you mentioned a while back that you were the first person in your family to graduate from college. Correct? Yep. Correct. And what was your field of study? Microbiology and my, with a minor in chemistry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just find that fascinating. I don't well, know why. that's why when the COVID thing came out, I just I couldn't believe it because why would we react to one virus if in fact it really was a virus uh, when we live in a sea of pathogens mm -hmm. and some of them are good and some of them are bad and our bodies actually our our respiratory system is a filtering system for our body to keep bad things out and then we're mm -hmm. putting these um, medical devices over our faces that inhibit our ability to get rid of the um, things that our body doesn't want. Yeah. So you heard that Fauci's, Anthony Fauci's resigning, right? Yes. Okay. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it's about time, yeah. Uh, I think that the man has been, uh, if 
what has been reported and what has been uh, revealed by other medical people like Judy Mikovich and so forth, that uh, Dr. Judy Mikovich, that he should be actually tried for crimes against humanity. Yeah, yeah I would I believe that when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks for coming out and talking to us today. Um, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know about you? Well, I'm quite pleased that the 603 Alliance straw poll was in my favor, and it was a, it was a vote full of about 200 people that voted on that. And then the second thing was is that the Resolve had their debate, and we had a, a full audience there. That was really exciting. And uh, at the end of the day, when they opened up their website and said just anybody could come in and sign up and you had the opportunity to actually go out and watch the video of the um, debate and so forth. I ended up winning that as well. And then there's this opportunity score that is being um, used across the nation to uh, check on whether or not you're a constitutionalist and whether you're standing up for we the people. And uh, President Trump just recently said that he would endorse that. So my score on that was 4.75 out of 5, and uh, it was actually better than President Reagan's. So wow, I'm really excited about good. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, so how can people get a hold of you? You can go to KarenTesterman.com on the web. You can also contribute to me by going to... Um, uh, texting Liberty to 801-801 and you can even email me at Karen at KarenTesterman.com Alright, well thank you so much for being on the podcast Well thank you so much for having me All right. Thank you for tuning in today to Granite State Divide I hope this episode brought new information to you because that's our goal, to educate and inform. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share on your Facebook or Instagram pages so we can get this information to as many people as possible. Until next time.